Abe, I need you to go to your calendar settings and open it up mm-hmm. and check what you're doing on Tuesday, May the 28th. Doing that right now. What's happening, Tim? Tuesday, May the 28th. That is our first hold the date I want to tell you about. It's humane, unmade's riff on what's happening in the world of AI and how it affects media and marketing. So humane returns to Sydney on Tuesday, May the 28th. Now, I'm not demanding that everybody buys a ticket just yet, but at the very least, pop it in your diary so that um, you can um, you, you can have the choice available to you. And remades happening later in the year again? Yes, or another one for your diary. Uh, please go to your calendar again, Abe, mm-hmm. and check what you're doing on Tuesday, October the 1st, and pencil in remade, which is our take on where the world of retail media networks are going, uh, also in Sydney. So that's Humane on Tuesday, May the 28th, and Remade on Tuesday. We seem to like Tuesdays, October the 1st. Start the week with Unmade. Setting the agenda for the week in media and marketing. Today, will 10 change hands again? ABC Radio brings in another commercial big gun. And Amazon streaming momentum grows. Unmade. It's Monday, February 5th, 2024. I'm Abe Beauty, and good morning, Tim Burrows. Good morning, Abe. You can't see because we've turned our cameras off because our video is a bit wobbly this morning. But um, I've got my calculator in my hand and I'm working out. It's the 5th of February. That means we've had 36 days so far this year. So happy 10% day. We're 10% through the year already, Abe. How do you feel about that? Uh, it's a scary thought, to be honest. When you things, I think the older you get, the faster time flies. Isn't that right? <laughs> anyway, how was your weekend? It was a good weekend. Uh, we're in the middle of some renovations, so these soft keyboard office-bound hands were on the shovel doing uh, builder's site cleanup. So uh, I worked hard physically, which is good when you generally use your brain. It's nice to actually turn that off and, and uh, use your muscles instead. How was yours? Mine was good, thank you very much. No, I have, I'm visiting relatives from the UK at the moment, so I'm enjoying their, their company and uh, even headed off to our local general store and saw a little live music over the weekend. Anyway, where shall we start this week? Well, let's start with this morning's AFR. The headline is, As billionaires vie for Paramount, a Network 10 sale looks more likely. Tim, this feels a bit deja vu. Is 10 for sale again? Look, it it's certainly a possibility. Um, this is something we touched on a bit in uh, Saturday's Best of the Week. This is all coming from um, the US. Um, the AFR has kind of sort of dug into it a little bit more. Um, what's going on is Paramount, which is the parent company of 10, and um, uh, CBS in the US and similar networks in other parts of the world as well, um, they have a fairly big debt level, I suppose, um, but also some really interesting assets. So um, the the thing which has kind of triggered movement in the last few days is an organisation called Allen Media Group, which mainly owns kind of old school TV assets in the US, has lobbed in a bid for Paramount. So that kind of, you know, sets a bit of a tone. But that said, Allen Media Group, 
often puts in bids which don't necessarily get um, get accepted. But what it will probably do is flush out interest from a few of the other players. Um, there's an organisation called Skydance, which is in private ownership. Um, they're the people con- connected to the production of things like um, Mission Impossible, amongst other things. Um, there's private equity. There's Apollo, who back in the day, was one of the owners of nine last time that was in the hands of private equity. And there's also the possibility, which again, we've written about previously of potentially some sort of merger with Warner Brothers Discovery. They're the people who own things like HBO and the bosses of um, Paramount and uh, Warner Brothers Discovery kind of sat down and had lunch um, to talk about possibilities a few weeks back. So, um, what it does feel like is this latest bid probably will flush out all of the others. It's interesting, I read on the weekend in the best of the week, uh, how Alan Media sees a future in old school TV. Any thoughts on that? I mean, while, while TV viewership is in decline, it's interesting that these guys really seem to have a penchant for old school TV, as you put it. Yeah, that's a very good question because one of the things we have to remember about, you know, so many of these uh, mediums where we talk about them being in decline is that they're still very powerful and often quite profitable or can be profitable at the right price. So I think, yeah, what we see there is an old school TV operator who believes that they can find efficiencies. In that case, you know, they're sort of letting it be known they would probably sell off their studio assets because Paramount, you know, they're you know, well-known as a kind of filmmaker as well, you know, from the studio side, and maybe a bit sort of agnostic about Paramount Plus, their streaming service. But, um, but yeah, you know, you, 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 you do get people who are just expert players in their space, and they believe they can, you know, they can eke that out for many years to come. So when did 10 last change hands? Well, the the last big drama, I suppose, for Ten was in the build-up to 2017. So Ten had been listed on the ASX, um, and it began to get into some uh, commercial trouble, not least because it was sort of um, threatening to be overwhelmed by its debts. Now, although it was ASX listed, it had a number of uh, quite powerful shareholders, including James Packer, Lachlan Murdoch, and that was before he came back to the News Corp fold, and Gina Reinhardt. So they... um, they as a board began to take 10 in a a different direction. Um, But the company eventually fell to its debt levels, fell into receivership, and it then became a battle between Lachlan Murdoch uh, and what was then um, CBS International uh, for ownership because CBS was at the time owned a lot of money because of those studio supply deals we just talked about. And that ended up with CBS as the eventual owner. CBS then kept going through mergers and changes of its own, so it became CBS Viacom and eventually the rebranded Paramount as we know it today. So, um, so yeah, so gosh, 2017 sounds like quite recently, but actually that's coming up for all this was happening seven years ago now. As they say, time flies the older you get. But what <laughs> what does this all mean for 10 staff here in Australia? Do you know, that that's one thing we, we don't know for sure yet. Um, and, you know, first thing is this could drag on for months or years yet without much change. Now, if the owner becomes someone like Warner Brothers Discovery or the merger, 
it could mean not much change at all, you know, because potentially, you know, the, 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 the plan would be to keep a network, probably keep the international, maybe kind of merge the HBO asset with the Paramount plus asset, um, for streaming. So, so I suspect that might be the least disruptive option for staff, but also perhaps of these various possibilities, one of the less likely just because both companies have quite big debt levels. So I'm not sure that the share market would necessarily encourage them coming together. Um, other ones, like if it was the Allen Media Group bid, yes, they like old school TV, but up to now it's always been US. So I think there would then be a question on, would there then be another subsequent sale of their international assets including 10 um and you get similar questions with um skydance and apollo as well so it 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 does feel like um it's well the honest truth is we just don't know at this stage you know it's it's impossible to know and impossible to predict because um whoever the ultimate owner is they're going to have very different strategies next Amazon's streaming surge. Unmade. Sticking with TV, Tim, here's a headline from Capital Brief. Amazon leads the race for new Australian streaming subscribers ahead of ad tier launch. Yeah, that's one from late last week, actually. Um, Kantar um, does a quarterly survey. Um, Now, they do that based on panels, so it's kind of a best guess. But it's also quite good information. They do it globally, but including in Australia. And um, one of the kind of pieces of data, and this is for the the quarter leading up to Christmas, um, is that for new um, subscribers, and I do stress that this is new, um, Amazon took 15.5% share. Binge, which is obviously part of the Foxtel uh, family, 114 Paramount, 9.6, which is pretty decent for Paramount, and Netflix, 8.9. Now, the other thing that I, I, I thought was really interesting about um, this sort of piece of data is that um, Amazon is now reaching, Amazon Prime is now reaching one-third of Australian households. Now, if you think that, um, or if you remember that in the next uh, few weeks, Amazon Prime is going to turn on its advertising in Australia, that again shakes up the market, but also says quite a lot about um, how successful Amazon is likely to be. Is Netflix losing its shine? I mean, it was the golden child of streaming for so long, but I mean, even last night, my wife and I literally struggling to find anything to watch air quotes on Netflix and thought, let's see what's on Prime. And and then it ended up at BritBox via Amazon and found a show to watch last night. But what What's the reason for the decline? I mean, Netflix seems to be really off the boil. Yeah, I, I'm not sure I fully agree. Now, a couple of changes Netflix has made is they already have the advertising tier. And they've also sort of had the crackdown on password sharing, which has been very good for their profitability. So what we did see in their most recent set of quarterly numbers, which came out um, last week, I think it was, um, they're now up to 
two this is from memory I, i'm remembering it's 260 million households globally what i do remember is that they passed the quarter of a the quarter of a billion threshold for the first time so they're they're very much in growth in number of subscriptions some of that is because of cracking down on password sharing means that more people have had to get their own thing and their profitability le- profitability levels have gone up as well you know partly because like like a lot of the studios they saved a, a lot of money during the uh during the, the the writers and actors strikes that were going on in the US um so i i suspect that um you know, one of the things about Netflix is everyone has a different Netflix experience. So, you know, you 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 might have just at the moment exhausted um, a fair bit of um, what you're into. I think that's what's happened. <laughs> yeah, look, but of course, what they're very good at is there's always something new. You know, there's always a another series of The Crown coming down the line, or the release of the latest season of Drive to Survive. You know, they they have enough kind of things in the calendar now that. Um, you know they seem to keep going and i and again if i remember rightly from the kantar data they are they are in growth i think it was by two percentage points again in australia according to that survey so um so definitely not the fastest growing anymore but partly that's just because they've reached such scale already next the abc calls in triple m mastermind The shake-up in ABC Radio is continuing, Tim. We hear this morning. Yeah, this one is from The Australian, the media diary, actually, The Australian. So they've got ABC Radio shake-up as the headline. So they've got the very intriguing news that Mike Fitzpatrick, who is one of the big names in commercial radio, is coming across the ABC. So he ran Triple M for more than a decade, for 11 years. Um, And according to The Australian, he's going to be named head of the ABC's Capital City Radio Network, um, which is quite interesting in itself because that's that's a big role for a commercial person. Now, this comes, you know, against the backdrop of, um, you know, the sort of, a couple of commercial operators coming in. Ben Latimer came in as the head of um, audio at sort of late last year or second half of last year anyway. So that that's another big signal of more of a focus on audience. And then the other kind of interesting thing about that is that according to the Australians reporting, they believe that um, Fitzpatrick um, will also include overseeing ABC Radio's sports division, which makes sense when you think about his background with Triple M before. But yeah, I find this really interesting. I just can't wait until uh, 702 in Sydney does Rocktober. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I, I think, you know, I, I guess what we always, you know, want to see with these things is, is old dogs learning new tricks. Um, because, of course, you, you, you know, what the ABC is bringing these people in is not to Triple M if I... Um, low ABC local radio, but it is to use their tricks in finding audiences. Mm. And while we're on the subject of radio, there's a row brewing between the radio networks and the music industry. Yeah, that's right. In fact, brewing and well underway. So the uh, Phonographic Performance Company of Australia, uh, or the PPCA, is getting a little bit nasty, actually. So they have... Um, 
this is in writing. Annabelle Heard, the boss of that organisation, has accused Commercial Radio Australia, which is the industry body, of, and this is in quotes, resorting to a misinformation and smear campaign to push its agenda. And this is all about how much the radio industry pays for the, 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 the rights and the ability to, um, to broadcast, um, music in Australia. So, um, so yeah, the, the, um, the, the PPCA is, PPCA is arguing that, um, the, the radio networks should be paying more to the recording artists and labels at the, at the moment. It was something like 4.4 million in, um, the 2021, 2022 financial year. Um, but yeah, it's, um, kind of the gloves are off. They're not being very nice to each other. The gloves are off, but surely it does go both ways. Yes, the radio need radio needs the PPCA. They need music because that's what the product that lots of them are selling. But surely it also goes the other way that PPCA needs uh, the radio networks to for their artists to get out there. Although I guess probably less breaking new artists than radio maybe once did. But it's still important to keep artists their artists top of mind with consumers. Absolutely. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a really fair argument. And I guess the, you know, the, the, the challenge is, is finding a fair balance. Um, and it looks like there's a bit of a gap between the two sides at the moment. Well, that's it for today. We'd love to hear what you think at letters at unmade.media. That's letters at unmade.media. Don't forget, if you want to support Unmade, you can become a paying member. Go to unmade.media to find out how. Or if you enjoyed this podcast, please go and give us five stars on your app. It helps other people to find us. Today's podcast was produced with the usually enthusiastic support of Abe's Audio. See you next time. Toodle pip. Unmade. Podcast edit by Abe's Audio.